So we got some news of the price leaks of the PlayStation 5. We still, it is not confirmed, but we did see some uh, euro prices of the digital version. It's looking like $399. The top tier PlayStation 5, $499. I said the same thing, but I, I did uh, made a prediction that was a little bit higher because... They got to make some form of money with all this setback per se with this coronavirus and the like. But this somehow seems like this is a leak. Now, here's the thing. This Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, they're going to have a uh, state of play uh, announcement for PlayStation. More trailers, more in-depth look on the PS5, uh, some new games, third-party you know, indie games, something new. And then in the last bullet point, and you can catch this on Twitter, I retweeted it, uh, BOP Gaming, that's the official Twitter handle. Um, and what you do see in the third bullet point was no big no big PS5 announcements. For one, a major company like that going to say that so we don't get amped up? I think that's a big troll move. Maybe they might be correct. Maybe so. But I will say this. I think that is a troll move. And I, I take that personally in a, in a, in a, in a funny way. Um, and I'm, I'm sensitive, but let's see how this works. What big event we're going to see, what big announcement we're going to see, or really, are we, are we not going to see anything? And they literally told us, Hey, look, we're going to show a couple of things, but don't expect anything big. Whereas the holiday season is pretty much three months away for real. I personally feel that they're going to, because all these big companies are going to announce pre-orders and the minimums. Knowing that Thanksgiving Day, most big uh, uh, stores, merchants, aren't going to be open. So, I don't know, man. Rumors, rumors, rumors. But we'll see. Probably a definite answer on Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the PlayStation State of Play. So, we shall see. So, what's popping on Twitter and some on Facebook? People are talking about the, uh, you know, because they're always going to go back and forth when it comes to Xbox, uh, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 and how different things is going to be working. So there's two things I'm going to speak off the top of my head. I had a discussion with some family yesterday um, that the uh, the games are going to be, how would I say this? There's, you know, Xbox Series X games, but some could be on the Xbox One, but you could play interchangeably. You don't have to pay for a separate game. I guess it's called Smart Delivery. So if you get Halo Infinite for the Xbox Series X, you could play Halo Infinite, same progress and the like, on the Xbox One with no extra charge. Obviously, for those that are familiar with gaming, of course, back in the day and still now, kind of, any sequel of a game, you have to pay full price for it because it's on a different system. Uh, We were debating on that for Xbox because it seems like PlayStation 5 is not going to be the case. Um, We don't know that, though. So I kind of hope so. But I feel that's kind of a more Xbox thing. And I'm going to say because they have the uh, uh, the Azure platform and they want to keep it within the ecosystem of the Xbox. Uh, so they would it, it's easier that way, you know, and especially when they're trying to do uh, the I, uh, xCloud streaming platform that went on T-Mobile. I, I still think for beta and that is the same ecosystem to play games from the Xbox One and the Xbox Series X. Um, it just pulls, so they don't. They, it pulls the data of the game to any platform that you that you use, and I think that's what's happening with 
the smart delivery because hence the technology that they're using is smart delivery. It's taking the game and putting it to a lower last gen console and making it work um, while using some hardware. There may be some uh, data because it's streaming, but mainly they're trying to implement it and accelerate it with hardware. PS5 doesn't look to be the case. They do have uh, the uh, PlayStation Now, but that is a separate service, but it's the same technology. Question is, will they end up using that technology for something like smart delivery? So it's not really, not a deal breaker, but an inconvenience compared the two. You know, competition builds innovation. So at the end of the day, we don't know. Second part is, and I made a joke on Twitter about this, uh, so they're saying that the Xbox, uh, you can use the Xbox One controllers for the new Xbox Series X. So yes, that is pretty cool. And at first glance, that's pretty awesome. Um, whereas PlayStation 5 had some Q&As today that announced that no, unfortunately, with the PlayStation 5 and the games, you would get more of the experience by utilizing the DualSense controller. And the DualSense controller, for those that don't know, is the new PlayStation 5 DualShock type of controller. It's called DualSense. It has more haptic feedback and more sensors and the like that only a PS5 game could deliver from the ground up to this actual controller. That's their argument. So it doesn't make sense for the PlayStation 4 to be utilized on a PlayStation 5 system. With that said, <laughs> I said, yes, it's very convenient for an Xbox One controller to use the xbox series x but it's not more revolutionary of course and you're talking about next gen consoles with the xbox they've been rocking double a batteries on their own consoles in the 2000s in the 2010s like within a whole decade bro a double like double oh double a batteries to power their controllers for real and it took a while for them to get bluetooth a while to get, I don't even think it's Bluetooth at this point. I think it's their own wireless type of ad hoc connection with low latency input. Like it's, it could be Bluetooth. I don't know, but I, I do remember that it was a struggle. And now we need to learn from our competitors and, uh, you know, for, as far as companies are concerned, their competitors and us, as far as gaming, what the Wii has done. And that's literally innovative of, um, uh, you know, the, the Wii, the Joy-Cons, the Wii Fit, and immersing yourself within the game that's had some form of outdated graphics, yet the controller was the one that changed the experience. Xbox needs to do something about that. Because now, you, with the with the Sense, DualSense controller, and we need to get something in-depth for the experience of the haptic feedback at the PlayStation to see how great it is. And if it's really phenomenal... That's gonna be a different. That's gonna be a difference. That's gonna be awesome. So I get why PlayStation Five is not gonna be backwards compatible with PlayStation Four controls for the PS Five game, game experience. They could always patch it if they want. Just like what games had the six access controller with no vibration, it felt so naked, you know. But anywho, now this it could be a deal breaker, but it's innovation. And that's the second thing I was talking about, the innovation between the controllers. The Xbox has been, has been lacking, lacking when it came to innovation on the controller. PlayStation now has been moving a step further. They were the main reasons why the DualShock controller, including the N64 Rumble Pack, I do not want to exclude Nintendo. And Nintendo was doing a thing with the little shaky shaky as well. So I don't want to, when it came to commercial, I think DualShock controller for the PlayStation with the wide variety of gameplay did put it more up there. The Rumble Pack was a, a, a connection 
and only certain games can rock with it. Google it. If for the for the new breeds that don't know what the N64 is, wow. But I am I'm here to tell you that it was a great great nostalgia and Nintendo 64 because it's 64 bit and it had a uh, an accessory called Rover Pack that would plug into your controller and allowed games to have that boom. So okay, that was completely sidelined. But yes, um, PlayStation 5 doing this thing, so I don't really knock them to not having the PS4 controllers work for PlayStation 5 controllers. But, but fear not, though. There's no lost hope. PlayStation 4 controllers can be used to play games on the PlayStation 5 when they're playing PS4 games. That gives you one idea. What kind of games? Or is it going to be all games backwards compatible on the PlayStation 5 for PlayStation 4 games? That is something that is still not confirmed. We would have hoped that most are, but because of how hardware is working, I mean, if it let it be the drive of the PlayStation to allow it backwards compatible, and obviously the digital edition will not be backwards compatible because it doesn't have a drive. Uh, but it always can be maybe show proof of purchase or only digital. If you download it, then you could play and use your controller. But discs-wise, you're not able to, which would suck. Because now, obviously, it's forcing people to buy digitally. Or maybe PlayStation, or Sony for that matter, can allow you to take your game that you have as a physical copy and make a digital copy. How to do that for free? Highly doubt. Probably pull an Apple and charge you for that. I don't know. That Some games that's MMO charge you to change your profile. And I know I think with PlayStation, in order for you to change your uh, name, you can change it once and everything else. You got to make, you got to pay up, which I get it because they have a structure for their back end that's totally, totally complicated that it's hard for you to change it. And they've been trying to make slow changes to make that possible. So, um, yeah. So sorry to break that up for part one, part two, part three. But just so you know, the uh, peripherals, man, and the uh, the way of handling um, certain games in their back end is going to be the major differences that might be overlooked compared to the two. But again, we shall see. Sony with the exclusives again. Um, it, was, it was just recently announced that for the new Square Enix Marvel Avengers game, the one that's coming out in the fall, they're actually going to have an exclusive DLC for the PlayStation, and it's going to be Spider-Man. It, they're making it a, an exclusive DLC, free DLC that's going to come out in early 2021, next year, that it's going to be an exclusive DLC of being able to play as Spider-Man. But what's crazy about this news is, Xbox and the PC, who is also getting the Marvel Avengers game, will not be getting Spider-Man. It also was not stated that this was going to be a timed exclusive. This looks like this is just a straight-up exclusive for the Sony system. I, I, I feel kind of mixed with this because, I mean, yes, I mean, people do know that I am a Sony fan, and but having exclusive DLC. It's kind of wrong. Like, 
it's it's like you shouldn't just ex- have it just exclusive for one system. I mean, the game is coming out for other systems. They should be able to get it. Maybe you could do like a limited time, like how they did, like you know, for example, Destiny Two. They had like limited time DLCs where they released it first on the PlayStation and then released it later to the xbox system it was much later but it was still at least xbox still got it you could do something like that like you know like a timed exclusive but just making a straight exclusive that's actually kind of kind of crazy it's just like um they're, they're having their first dlc which is hawkeye which will be coming out shortly after when the game comes out and all the systems are going to be getting that um, what I'm thinking, of course, the reason I'm thinking why they're doing that is because, as you guys know, the Spider-Man game, the one that was exclusive for the PS4, was a huge exclusive hit for Sony PlayStation. It sold very well. And, of course, the new Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man with Miles is coming out for the PS5, which is also going to be exclusive. So I'm assuming they're making Spider-Man exclusive for the summer because of those two things, which I get. But I also it's like I, I hate the whole fact that they have to have exclusive DLC for games that are coming out for multiple systems. I think that's bold. The most that they should be able to do is maybe timed exclusive, not full exclusive. Another example of this, which was done for, you know, a past was Red Dead Redemption 2. Like all the extra DLC and stuff are coming out for the Sony exclusively and not for like Xbox, which that's another one is just like, why are they doing things like this? It's like, this is not the time to be doing things like this. This could get, you know, pretty bad. And it's not even exclusive for the Sony for Spider-Man anyway, even though, yeah, two of their major games are for the Sony PS4 and PS5, but games like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 has Spider-Man and Miles, and that's for the Switch. And then, of course, there's the Lego Marvel games, which also has all the Spider-Man characters, which is all for all the system. It's a, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like they're like very selective. Um, this is, of course, a new story, and who knows, maybe with all this backlash, because they're getting a ton of backlash, that maybe they might change it up and make it, you know, maybe more of a time exclusive or something like that. But so far, nothing. It's just what's just said. And I think that's kind of crazy, but we're just going to have to see what's going to happen with that. Because if they don't change something, I don't think it's going to be a good look. Man, more video games coming onto the TV screen. It was just announced, uh, along with all the other ones that's been announced recently, that a game from Ubisoft, so another one by Ubisoft, as you know, on my la- on the last episode I talked about Splinter Cell, they're going to release a Beyond and Good and Evil Netflix movie. It's going to be Netflix and Ubisoft again working with each other. And it seems like that's been happening a lot lately, which I think is awesome. For the people who don't know what Beyond Good and Evil is... It's a action platformer type of game. Came out for the PS2 originally in the early 2000s. It also came out for the Xbox, GameCube, and had remas- remakes that came now remasters that came out for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. Great game. Pretty much other's character. Her name is Jade. You're a photographer, and 
it's it's one of those games like it didn't sell incredibly well but it has a huge cult following that's like one of those games that's very underrated but it's actually really good and it's like i was shocked that the x is actually having a movie because this could be decent we have to see because if i i love the game playing i love playing it was a great game and what i loved about what i love about this is the detective pikachu director ron letterman is going to be directing this which i think is great and it's going to be produced by jason altman and margaret boylan from ubisoft so ubisoft is going to be part of this which is good so it can you know focus on the characters and all that which i think it's important that they are doing this because i because you know with beyond good good and evil 2 that was announced way back in 2008 and of course it kept getting delayed and delayed and then of course they showed some trailers within the years and the last time we saw some good trailer which is definitely different from what it was before was back in 2017 three years ago and then of course it's been just pretty much dead silent since then so it's like i don't know what's up with beyond good and evil too but with this maybe you know with this being in making right now that hopefully we'll get some new energy going into beyond good and evil too and maybe something will happen with that um they still haven't found a writer for it they're in the process of looking for a writer so hopefully they'll be getting a good writer and i'm hoping that they also get the guy who actually created it michael ansel He's the one who actually, you know, created Beyond Good and Evil. He also did the Rayman games and all that. So I'm hoping that they get him part of it too to try to help and make sure that this movie could be the best movie. Because, you know, as you know, in the past, there's been like not great video game movie adaptations. Lately, they've been getting a little better. Like, I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog was actually pretty good. Detective Pikachu was actually surprisingly really good. Like, I enjoyed that one a lot which that's what I was happy about when I found out that the director of direct Detective Pikachu is actually going to be directing this one. So that's a promise. That's like a kind of a happiness to it. But we definitely have to see if, you know, what's going to happen here. But of course, still very early stages. Who knows when this will be coming out. But Netflix is getting some good, decent stuff right now. I'm like, I'm kind of curious. It's like, they're becoming a strong challenger with all these new, you know, subscription things coming out right now. Peacock is recently coming out. Of course, Disney Plus, HBO Now, HBO Max, you know, things like that. It's like a lot of things are coming out and Netflix is like, okay, we need to step our game up and getting these type of IPs and stuff. It'd be interesting. I want to see how this is going to go. This is pretty much a wait and see right now, but I'm pretty excited about it. So let's get right into it because this is this is crazy. Okay? So Xbox announced that uh they are uh releasing on September 15th the Project X Cloud, uh which is pretty much allowing everybody to that has Android to use Game Pass Ultimate on their cellular devices that runs Android only. Um September 15th, they did some test marketing, test markets, and it was great. It worked out great, so now they're finally going to release it. If you have Game Pass Ultimate, that is bundled with the opportunity. As long as you have an Android device, you could play uh, Game Pass Ultimate. I, I don't know if it's going to be called Project X Cloud, but that's the name. They might change it. Um, that's going to be a part of the Game Pass Ultimate to enjoy. 
That's crazy news. That's awesome. I wonder how it's going to work out. I assume it's going to be LTE because it is primarily in mobile devices. Okay, notice I didn't say iOS. Microsoft didn't say automatically that it's going to be iOS, maybe in the near future, but they did put out a release uh, pretty much. I'm not going to bore you with the actual statement, but if you go dig it up, it's very, very popular. And they snapped back on Apple and they pretty much stated um, based on Apple's policies and how tight their app reviews are, they said they're not able and not just them, Facebook games as well, which has just happened today on the 7th of August, that they too can't even go to the iOS platform because what Apple does is they want to know for each and every game of a review and see is going to be great for the Apple store. Okay. Now, when a developer makes an, you know, this is me from many years of just doing my little research behind the scenes of how, and we're talking like when it started for the app store and their policies from the old podcast days when podcasts weren't even allowed. And that was a back and forth. And they finally did it because then they realized that they don't want somebody as an anti-competitor to, to have a podcast feature on the ecosystem and sh- sh- push them away. And now it ends up being their own podcast. So now the other people's left in the dirt. So it's always it's always like that with Apple, and it sucks because at first it was great, makes sense, and now it's just like, dude, you're doing too much. And then it happened with the Spotify issues, where Spotify wasn't trying to was trying to rock with iOS for a while because of their terms as far as um, getting profit, a thirty percent profit for every person that does in-app purchase to sign up for Spotify Premium. For uh, for example, because pricing is probably different now, but let's say Spotify, and I think at one point was ten bucks a month. They wanted thirty. Three percent or thirty percent for the first year of that profit for every consumer that signs up for Spotify through the iOS app. So what Spotify did was do an advertisement, sign up through the website, so you don't, so they get the full profit and whatnot. That became a whole issue, and then it ended up being like it's thirty percent for the first year, and then the rest is fifteen percent, and then it goes to ten percent. Whatever the case may be, it still sucks. If a major big companies to take advantage of the iOS. And their customer base, okay, that's fine. But now here's where it gets really messed up. With the Xbox, okay, it's an Xbox app. And let's just call it Project xCloud. I don't know the official name. I don't know what it's going to be called. But Project xCloud is an app that allows you to hold your library of games for you to use their cloud to play as streaming on your device. Okay, so please bear with me. You got the app. You go to download um, hypothetically speaking, on the actual phone itself, on the iOS, you download it, okay? And then you log on to your Xbox Game Pass Ultimate username, password credentials. You log in, and then you see your cloud of games. You select one, boom, boom, test connection, boom, right? But Apple still feels that they want to have sole control of each and every game that will process through the app store. How is it going through the app store? That's what that's what throws me off. It's not going through the app store. The app is downloaded. And from there, a cloud of games. A cloud of games is 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 under your account through Xbox and all you're doing is selecting, playing, boom. And there and then and the Apple was just promoting how they have strict guidelines to make sure that everything in the app store is user-friendly, non-glitchable, and not a, um, in a case of malware or anything of the like. 
and I get it, and that's fine. But that would completely be that that won't even be an argument if Microsoft ends up being allowing them to have a cut. And we all know Apple ain't trying to do that. Again, my my example with the podcast years ago, many years ago, it's the same way because they're doubling down on the Apple or uh, Apple Arcade, which is four nine nine a month. You get a hundred plus games to play on your iOS mobile device. That clearly is not going to match PlayStation or match Microsoft. And right now, Microsoft is facing the brunt. They want to make sure that everybody gets the, gets the opportunity to play Xbox and Microsoft games. They want to make sure they have the opportunity to do that. But no, Android obviously is an open platform, and I'm a heavy iPhone user. That hence why I know most of the most of what's happening now is from previous years of other applications struggling. But it's so mind numbing, and it's like Apple. Are you serious? Are you serious? But they're not. But it undercuts them because they have their own Apple Arcade, and we all know damn well all those 100 games was great supporting in the indies. You know, you shout out to all the indie developers that that use the iOS and for the ecosystem and and and, and get the recognition because at that point you can go right to consoles and build it from there, or there could be ports from a console. Whatever, I get it. But you're not comparing those games to a to a AAA title uh, like Halo, Gears. Um, Sea of Thieves, uh, any any Microsoft game, you're not gonna you're not gonna compare it to the Apple Arcade. So they're like, nah, well, we're not allowing it because such 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 such. It's like, okay, we get it. And if it's not the case, maybe they could shut up, and Microsoft could pay that premium. But Microsoft is not gonna do that. We'll we'll see, but. It's it's making a lot of people mad. Me personally, because I um, there's other ways you can use a remote, a remote, uh, you know, remote configurations and the like. And I personally use Rainway, and I'm gonna stick with them. And then at that point, Rainway was even looked at like, oh, is it based on how Apple's treating Microsoft, will Rainway uh, be uh, be facing the same thing? No, it's not, because it's completely different. How they're running it, I'm not gonna again not to bore you guys. They, they run it a bit differently. So Rainway is my remote play for PlayStation remote play, which I figured that out, which is fantastic. And then it will be my gateway for Microsoft Game Pass Ultimate games that I could play on my phone or elsewhere for that matter. So kudos to Rainway. Shouts out to Rainway. That's a, that's an undercover company you guys need to take check out because right now iOS is probably going to have nothing else to look forward to besides utilizing Rainway to make sure remote gaming is essential into our daily lives. And and not to mention, let's get let's get one thing clear. You would think that the carriers would be pissed off. They could. The carriers could be pissed off because you know how much data that's gonna be using through Microsoft? Yeah, they probably have it so the the bit rate of the video file, whatever the case would be, is edited enough that it don't it's not a data hog, but trust me, you got them people that would play them games and games and games and games, and that's gonna rack up. And you know, it's gonna it's gonna be taxing. They think that maybe it's gonna be taxing or they're gonna be congested enough that it's gonna be throttled. I thought carriers would be pissed off. You know, they would be the first ones to to address it. But now Apple's like, no, I'm not letting that happen. But a company like Apple is the one that's uh complaining. So it's like Shout out to shout out to uh, Microsoft because they are they are setting it up. You know they're making sure that everything is good to go. But Apple's the one that's not allowing it to happen. So that's a whole huge controversy. Again, you can check it out on uh, on my Twitter. Um, it's a uh, it, it it pissed me off. It really it made me mad. It made others mad. And it's just bullshit. It's bull. I'm sorry to swear, but it is. It's complete bull. I don't like it. Apple should suck it up 
and see how it goes for them and gain that market share. Microsoft should do it for them to gain that market share and just go from there. So now we're mad and now snowflaking about damn exclusives for these console games. Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you kidding? I get it, but are you kidding? We've dealt with that for years. For years. Man. And what I'm talking about is this Marvel Spider-Man PS4 only on the uh, on the Avengers game that's going to be coming out. Relax. You might get something exclusive, Microsoft. You might get something exclusive, Xbox. You might. Just might. But right now, you don't. But, like, everybody's sensitive about it. I'm not going to get the full experience because Spider-Man from Marvel is not a part of it. Why am I going to spend a game that's half full? I don't understand why Sony's got to get everything for the Xbox next. Shut up. Shut up. Bro, remember SoCal? SoCal was, like, the pinnacle of cross-platform exclusives. Yeah, deep down, I was a little hurt. I wanted, I wanted my Spartan on the PS4 edition. No, but I was stuck with, I forgot what it was. Was it Darth Vader and uh, Yoda? Yeah, and there's, there's a bunch of other exclusives, dude. Chill. I can go on for days. Um, uh, what? Um, Tekken. Tekken. Um, I, I don't even know if they, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Tekken 7, did they have Akuma on the 360 version? Could? Could have. Yeah, they might have. Might have, but uh, yeah, like come. Well, besides that, but um, really, really, what about Spawn? What about Spawn on the Xbox only? What about Zelda on a GameCube only? We really serious about this? Like, I'm really concerned. The snowflakes out here in this gaming industry. You better cut that out. Y'all need to go back to that Modern Warfare Two, Call of Duty lobby. And, 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 and go through it for eight hours like some damn boot camp. Monday through Friday. You know, eight to five, nine to six, whatever. Go through the Call of Duty Modern Warfare lobbies. Go through it, man, because this is bull. I'm on Twitter. I'm looking. I'm like, y'all really serious? Okay, fine. And, I'm a, and I love PlayStation. I'm not, t- I'm not being biased or whatnot, but for real, though, I'm, I'm hurt. Y'all lost. Oof. Man, the distaste in your mouths about Sony because of uh, Spider-Man is slung in there, you know? Wow. But besides that, my my uh, my assumption was that it, was, it had to be something to do with the Sony deal with uh, Marvel Universe. I assume that, you know, judging by Sony uh, has the rights to the Spider-Man and the name and the trademark and the MCU made a bid to buy it, but they didn't. So it's like, oh, wow. Um, okay, cool. And then it happened. But then it said it wasn't the case. It's just a matter of development, matter of the exclusivity, which you probably won't even know exactly why. But, you know, it is what it is. It is chill. There's things that Xbox had that we didn't, too. Not off the top, I can't name it. Maybe it was like one Call of Duty time. Y'all got Halo. So it's like, you know, come on, relax. Relax. Stay a while, you know? Yeah. That's what I want to do. I just want to, I want you guys to relax and. Be cool. You know? Just be cool. Everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. Now I'm going to enjoy the beta. In hopes that I can see some Spider-Man in my life. Within that beta. Maybe. I don't think it's going to happen. But it's it's part of the game. Or an Iron Man exclusive PS4 skin. With the golden skin, you know? I'm going to enjoy that. So, peace.
Nintendo's doing damn good. As it was just recently announced, Nintendo released their numbers of sales that they have been doing for part of the year, but mainly during April to June 30th. So they showed all their sales and damn, Nintendo is doing good. First and foremost, for Nintendo's operating profits, it's up at 427%, four times the amount that they were making before. Which is, I mean, it's not shocking. Games like, of course, Animal Crossing, and let's be real, with the COVID-19 happening right now, <laughs> everyone's inside playing games. And of course, with something like, you know, Animal Crossing, Nintendo having the portable system, it just makes things a lot easier to game. And of course, you know, the system being hard to find in the first place um, because it's selling out like crazy. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, basically, year to year, um, it is up 108%. So from this time last year to now, it's up 108%. And the net profit, which of course, you know, where they make their money, is up 541%. Crazy. Nintendo is doing crazy numbers and it's like a cr- incredible Hardware, software, and accessories are doing 113%. Smart devices, you know, the mobile apps and all that, is doing 32%. Hardware sales, which is the system, of course, you're looking at 116.166%. It sold 568 million systems this year compared to it sold 2.3 million systems last year so as you can see it's a huge boost which is you know incredible software sales 123 percent um it sold 50.4 million games this year compared to the 22.62 million from last year and it's just it's just crazy, and of course, with some of the top games, Animal Crossing just through April and June sold 10.6 million, and even before that, when it was first released back in March 20th, it sold a total of 22.4 million as of June 30th. It's crazy. It's like it's literally the number two selling Switch game, and it just came out in March. It's like, I, like I said, I've been playing the game myself, and I still play it to this day. It's addictive. It's fun. We've been waiting for this for a while, like an actual good one. So, I mean, I completely get it. And, of course, I'm going to keep saying this every time. It came out in literally the perfect time with, you know, everything going on right now. It's like the game that, you, you know, you can get away, just take care of your island, take care of your villagers, you know, all that. You just, like, just, you could just get away from the world for, like an hour or two whatever and and it's enjoyable so it's like i completely get why it's sold and out of the nine titles this year sold over a million copies of the game including mario kart which sold almost two million the new xenoblade the new xenoblade remake that sold 1.3 million and then of course clubhouse games the 51 clubhouse games you know things like poker Mahjong and things like that. The game that I didn't think 
it was not going to sell that much. It, it sold a million copies. So it's crazy. Seven Nintendo licensed games and two like other party type of games sold over a million copies this year. And of course, they brought, showed you know their top 10 of how much Switch games sold in the top 10. And of course, Mario Kart being at 26 million. Then Animal Crossing at 22 million. Super Smash Bros. at almost 20 million. Then, of course, there is Pokemon Sword and Shield at 18 million. Breath of the Wild, Zelda at 18 million. Odyssey at 18 million. Pokemon Go at 12 million. Mario Party at 10 million. Splatoon 2 at 10 million. And the Super Mario Deluxe at 7.44 million. This Switch is the best thing Nintendo has done and they are doing incredible even though I know they're not the type that's always like you know care about the money you know unlike Sony and Microsoft that Nintendo actually is doing well even though they don't have a ton of releases and not a ton of releases coming out the end year unless you know new direct comes out of nowhere which could possibly happen because Nintendo has been just throwing random surprises every day like the other day freaking it's it's just, it's just crazy. It's like, um, I'm excited. I know Nintendo's probably going to do well. Let's see, because they are short supplied on some Switches, and they're going to have some difficult time trying to get that back. So hopefully they'll be able to get that back soon. And, you know, sell more, because I know a ton of people still looking for Switches. So they will sell well. Newest State of Play came out, and yeah, I would say it was decent. It had some, like, you know, really cool games that they showed off, which I'm super excited about. Of course, they started off with Crash 4, the game that I'm, like, super excited about comes at the end of October, and they were saying some details that this is going to be a direct sequel of 3. Plays similar to, like, the classics, which I love. Similar to, of course, the Insane Trilogy-looking graphics, and some of the characters actually look different like kind of more like a saturday morning type of cartoon which i love because you know crash it's, it's not a game you take seriously and you know it's like a cartoon type of character because the way he acts and and everything so it makes sense that you know they're gonna try to make it more you know you know kiddish more cartoony like which from what oh what it was showing was just incredible i can't wait and of course they're gonna have some you know new things that you can do so it doesn't play exactly like the old things like you could do like rail grind similar to how it's done in ratchet and clank you could do like wall moving ropes and all that and you and they also showed off that you'll be able to get different kind of skins and outfits in the game they said, no worries, no microtransactions. You earn all these through the gems that you collect in the game and also through the prog progress you make in the game, which, thank God. So that means I'll be able to actually do, you know, do the things. And you actually be able to play as Coco during the whole game. So you could say either play as Crash or Coco during the whole entire game. And there's also parts in the game where you could play as Cortex or Dingle Dial, which that came out of nowhere. There's some, like, some special levels that you can play as those two, which I think that's fun. And they have their own mechanics. So, you know, pretty excited for that. Then they showed, of course, the new Hitman game, Hitman 3. Um, they just showed a little gameplay. It comes out in January. And they did mention that it's going to have VR mode for all three of the Hitman games. 1, 2, and 3. 
which I think it's actually be pretty cool. It'll be interesting, you know, be an assassin, you'll be able to see it like first person view. Wonder how the controls are gonna be like. That's the only thing I worry about because you know with those type of games you have to be a little precise, especially with the you know assassins and all that type of stuff. So we'll see how that will play out. And of course they showed Braid Anniversary Edition. I don't know if you guys remember that game. Braid it still looks fantastic. They pretty much upped it up. They call it the Anniversary Edition. They upped up the graphics, made it look more watercolor-like, and and it's going to come out for, like, everything, apparently. PS4, PS5, Xbox, Switch, PC, Linux. Think of a system, it's coming out for that. It's funny. And, like, there's another game, Pathless. Looks freaking amazing. I love the graphics that they have on that one. It's going to be open world, no maps comes out at the end of this year, which is good. Looks like it's going to be a PS5 ex- exclusive. Now, it's not, I don't know if it's going to be an exclusive, but I do know it's going to be a launch title. So that's going to be good. Of course, they show the new Star Wars Vader Immortal trailer. Comes out end of this month. Looks great. Lightsaber on VR. Awesome. Should be a lot of fun. There's a new game that they showed off, which this one I'm actually excited about because it's different. I love how it looks. It's called Pedestrian. It seems like it's a classic 2D side-scrolling, but the backgrounds are like kind of like realistic, like outside the world type of things. Like they show like a construction site, an office building, and you're pretty much like kind of like a stick figure type of thing that's like traveling through different kind of like post-its, whiteboards, and all that type of stuff, just going through like different kind of platforms and stuff like that. And... It looks inc- it looks great. It looks it's gonna be. Um, it looks like it's an indie game. Looks great. Comes out next year, but you know, looks great. Comes out early next year, which is good for the PS4. Of course, Temptan. You guys heard it's pretty much Pokemon, but if they made it to an MMORPG, um, came out for the Steam already. But looks like it's gonna be coming out for the PS the PS5 next year. They didn't give an exact date. But it's going to be coming out sometime next year. They showed a couple of other games. Control Expansion Pack comes out the end of this month. Going to have Alan Wake in it. Love that game. So that would be cool. They showed some gameplay and some footage of Bug Snacks, which is a, a really cool game. It kind of looks like a mixture of kind of like a platform like Ape Escape and like Pokemon Snap. Looks really cute. It's going to be, it looks fun as hell. And it's going to be a launch title for the PS5, so that'll probably be something I'll grab. Splunky 2, they announced. It's going to have some online multiplayer, branching paths, and it comes out next month, so that's good. I know a lot of people have been waiting for that one. Another game, Aeon uh, Must Die. Ooh, I love the way this game looks. It looks incredible. Um,. From what they show, I haven't heard much about this game, but from what they show, it looks amazing. Hoping to definitely try that out when that does, because I know it's going to be amazing looking. Then, of course, to end the show, they showed off the Godfall game, which is the what they're calling the loot action slasher type of game. And it's not the loot that you do with microtransactions. It's actually loot that you earn through the game by doing... All like kind of like missions, fighting and all that type, and fighting other people and fighting other enemies and stuff like that. And you earn loot that way, which you'll be able to gain like armor and stuff. But they said there's no microtransactions. It's all what you gotta do. They have like a couple like different kind of weapons that you can use. They showed off the dual blades, which is like the fast. 
type of blades. You have to fight fast, a lot of speed and all that. Then they have the long sword, which is kind of what they call the medium, which is, you know, it's not too fast, not too slow. Um, has, has a lot of great moves with that. Looks fantastic. And it also has a shield, which we're able to do, you know, block enemies and hit enemies. Kind of like, it kind of gives me a kind of, I don't know, like I would say like God of War type of vibes, maybe. It kind of gives off, but it looks cool. Like, I'm not sure if this will be the type I would play, but it actually looks pretty cool. Comes out also launch title for the PS5, which still holiday 2020. They didn't re- they didn't say they were going to release when the system was going to release any prices on anything, but it wasn't expected to. They said straight out that they were not going to say that. And they also was not going to discuss any like, you know, PlayStation Studio games. They just wanted to focus on kind of like the third party, second party type of games, which I completely understand. These, you know, need some time to actually show off too. So I understand. But overall, I would say it's decent. It wasn't the best, obviously, but it was decent. It was a 44 minutes. Uh, had some gameplay, a lot of trailers. And I'm excited for what PS4 and 5 are going to be coming out for the rest of this year and next year. So we'll see. It's a wait and see game right now.